0: This podcast is brought to you by Todd Pennington with Columbus, Ohio-based Revolution Mortgage. Revolution Mortgage is the proud sponsor of the Browns Huddle Podcast. If you're looking to purchase a new home or get out of renting, now is the time with historically low rates and fast closings. Todd can get you in your dream home in no time. Contact Todd Pennington at 614-390-9520 or visit revolutionmortgage.com forward slash t pennington for more info revolution mortgage is an equal housing lender nmls id one six eight six zero four six. seriously everyone give todd a call he'll take great care of you this podcast is part of the zedia network that's media with a z for more information on the zedia network you can check them out on twitter at zedia network now to the show and welcome to another exciting episode of the browns huddle podcast this podcast is brought to you by Revolution Mortgage, if you're looking for your next home purchase, give Todd Pennington a call at 614-390-9520. He will take great care of you and get it done. Folks, we have an action-packed show for you today. We have Brown Superfan Pumpkinhead coming on the show a little later, so I'm definitely looking forward to that. I hope you are too. But first, we have Doug Jones. He's in the huddle, and we're going to talk about the week one action against the Baltimore Ravens. I can't believe that I'm even saying that the season's right around the corner. We are one week away folks from uh, the Browns kicking off their 2020 season. So to talk about that game, uh, I'm going to go ahead and bring in our next guest. His name again, his name's is Doug Jones. Uh, Doug, welcome to the Brown subtle podcast.
1: Jason, thank you so much for having me, my man. And it's, it's been a pleasure getting to kind of know you over the last few weeks. And, uh, Glad to be part of the show, man.
0: Yeah, you, you know, we've been talking about this for a couple of months now, uh, yep. getting you on the show. And, um, you know, so I'm, I've been looking forward to this. I'm glad that you're here with me today. So sure. uh, this yeah. is gonna be thank a lot you. of fun, man. Yeah, looking forward to it, thank you. Doug, uh, where, where do you call home?
1: Uh, funny, so I, I, I currently live in uh, Phoenix, Arizona. Um somewhat call that home i've been here about about 13 years but i'm originally from just outside of cleveland ohio in uh, youngstown ohio Uh, so born and raised there and then uh you know shortly after college decided to move out here into into phoenix a little bit more opportunity out this way but uh so home i don't know i still consider the cleveland area home but this is my new place right now phoenix
0: a lot of people when they and i'm from phoenix arizona as you know uh, a lot of people, when they hear of Phoenix, Arizona, the first thing they think about is 120-degree weather. Um, what's the weather been like out there?
1: It's been pretty consistently uh, 110 to 115 this last month. <laughs> we actually set yeah. some record highs um, uh, in August. So, um, But it's starting. It's looking to potentially kind of cool down a little bit, which we're all ready for. And, you know, obviously when it starts cooling down, it typically means it's football season. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're pretty excited for, for the weather to kind of taper off a little bit.
0: Well, you know, when it starts cooling down, the season's uh, a quarter of the way through.
1: <laughs> I remember... <laughs> a really good point, actually. Yeah, yeah
0: I, I remember going to uh, the Cardinals games when they're in Sun Devil Stadium in September. Right. And, man, it was freaking hot, dude. They, hot. Had the, uh, they had the mist machines going on the sidelines right. to cool the right. players off. And, right. yeah... I'm also a big golf fan and uh, I know out there people play golf in the winter time and not so much in the summer.
1: So you can golf, you can literally golf 365 days out of the year out here. And that's, that's, that's a selling point. If anyone's looking to move and happens to be an avid golfer, you can golf all year round. And if you, if you don't mind, You know, getting out early in the summertime, you get yourself some nice rates and and get out some of the beautiful courses out here, obviously. But, uh, yeah, golf is a big attraction out here for sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah, no doubt. Um, So, yeah, you're over there in uh, Arizona representing Browns Nation with my dad, Big Dog, John Hand. Um, We will definitely get into that. Um, You are a big-time Browns fan. You had mentioned you're from – out just outside of Cleveland. You've been in Arizona for 13 years. How did how did your Browns fandom start?
1: Funny, so I grew up about an hour from Cleveland and an hour from Pittsburgh. Um, grew up in the home of the Steelers fans. So my mom, my dad, my sister, the majority of my family were Pittsburgh Steelers fans. My cousins actually happened to be, they lived in Pennsylvania, but were Browns fans. And from a young age, I just listened to my cousins and started rooting for the Browns, even though they were, you know, when I started following sports, I was, you know, eight, 10 years old to finally really understand what football was and everything. Um, But that's when I started just watching the Browns and wanting to be a Browns fan and not listening to my mom and not listening to my dad and becoming Steelers fans and or Steelers fan. And I, would not change that, shockingly, would not change that for the world. I love being a Browns fan, even though it's been a struggle my 37 years of life for the most part. Yeah, wouldn't change the world, so yeah, that's that's where that's at. <laughs>
0: so, so who who was quarterback when you started following the Browns? Do you remember when, when I
1: remember it was Kozar? Yeah, okay. when I remember Kozar, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: same, yeah. yeah, Kozar was the man, he was my. Hero. Uh, My dad and I actually battle for the fact that, you know, I think it's okay that Kozar is both of our heroes. He likes to claim Kozar. I don't know. He has something against me claiming Kozar. He says Baker's my quarterback, which he is, but uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) So so, so Bernie, Bernie went to high school uh, in Borman, Ohio, which is 20 minutes from where I went to high school, obviously, you know, well before me, but He's big back home in Youngstown. He's he's a legend. People love the guy, and I'm so glad he's involved with the Browns. You know, to this day, it's really
0: yeah. Me, kind of me too. Yeah, Bernie's yeah. the man. He's he's definitely the man. And uh, you know, following the Browns back in the '80s was probably well, I know. And you know, that that was the perfect time to become a Browns fan because we actually we had some good squads back then. Right. We made the playoffs. We came with within the Super Bowl two years in a row. You know those doggone Denver Broncos got in our way both times, but it, you know even with that in mind, it was still an exciting time. We had great talent on that team. Um, my actually my first game was at Phoenix Cardinals Stadium. I believe it was 1988, um, and Bernie Co was it 88 or 83? 88, and uh, yeah, Bernie Kozar was our quarterback. And uh, we actually won that game. My dad was there selling programs. Uh, So we got tickets for free because he worked the games before that. And uh, man, it was just such an exciting time being a Browns fan for sure.
1: Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All
0: right. So you are the vice president, the VP of a Browns viewing site in Phoenix, Arizona. That's something that you and my dad are heading up. Um, tell, tell me about what's going on with that. Cause I really, I really want to dive into that for sure.
1: Sure. Sure. Absolutely. So, um, God, years ago, a few years ago, I should say, um, I wanted to find where's the best place to watch the Browns in Phoenix. So I literally got on Google and typed in best Cleveland Browns bar Phoenix and then boom, a bar called big daddy's pops up. I'm like, all right, this is my type of bar. (laughs) This is perfect. So, um, <laughs> years ago, so I went to Big Daddy's, watched my first Browns game there. I don't remember meeting your dad or knowing if your dad was there then. Um, but so occasionally over the last few years, I would just pop in for a quick game and you know be amongst the Browns fans, which is always you know fun. Uh, then last year, for whatever reason, while well, I moved um, pretty close to this bar, Big Daddy's, which is the viewing site, and um, decided, hey, let's just to go to the Browns bar and watch the game so I, I dragged my girlfriend out of the house I was like hey we're going it's 10 a.m we're gonna watch the Browns so <laughs> yeah. um and that's kind of where it started so I, I met your you met your dad um going you know every single week and watching the Browns and, and got to kind of know him a little a little bit and uh you know share the ups and downs and the the, the tears and the joys and all that that comes with being a Browns fan with your pops and um so yeah this this off season we uh started kind of texting each other other a little bit and he's like hey he's like you want to uh want to have a meeting and and so i went in had a meeting with him and and big daddy who's the owner of big daddy's and your dad's like hey i'm gonna i'm gonna make you the vp of uh this viewing site of the north phoenix browns backers and i was like i'm in let's do this so um yeah so that was that was you know just recently relatively recently and so, yeah, between your dad and myself, we've been kind of um, collaborating and getting together and just trying to, you know, make Big Daddy's, you know, kind of a, a home away from home for, for Browns fans that either live here or might be coming from out of town to visit here or whatever the case may be. We're just trying to create that kick-ass environment at Big Daddy's, you know, for Browns fans and, um, you know, uh, and just and just just. Try to have as, as much fun as possible you know and that's that's kind of how things translated and, and transpired i should say and uh, thanks to your dad that's kind of why i'm talking to you right now so.
0: <laughs> i just think that's incredible you know i i know what it's like to be a browns fan i mean i'm doing this now but living away from cleveland away from browns fans you kind of feel isolated a little bit so to be able to get together with other browns fans um, and watch the football games is a great experience,
1: right? It's awesome. It's all, and, and, and that's – you know, I, I try to get back to Cleveland every year, at least a game or two. Um, thankfully, they – you know, I did get home for the opener last year, but they were out here in, in Arizona this year, which was nice. Um, but, you know, yeah, being able, like you said, just being able to be amongst those Browns fans, you know, it, it, it's your family to a certain capacity, you know, and, and it's just – it's different. It's a different feeling than just going to a, you know, b-dubs or you know and just watching a random game you know being amongst those fans it's just it feels so good you know to be able to high five and be ridiculous and swear at the tv and all be on the same page you know and uh, that's that's what i love about it so yeah
0: yeah i i've watched you mentioned um uh b-dubs you know i've I've been to different sports bars that aren't viewing sites, and usually they stick Browns fans in the corner on the smallest thirteen-inch television. Right. You just, right. you know, you feel like the redheaded stepchild. So, sure. uh, going sure. to a viewing site is definitely a different experience than just a regular sports bar.
1: It's awesome. It's awesome. And, and, and in addition to that, as well, and not only we're trying to create that awesome Browns environment, you know, for all Browns fans that are here or visiting, but we also we're doing our best to try to raise money for and our specific organization we're raising money for is is Phoenix Children's Hospital. So we try to do some 50-50s throughout the game, little giveaways here and there or cash giveaways. But you know, most importantly we're we're focusing on trying to give something back to Arizona, you know, and or to, to Phoenix. And um, so that that's the charity we're working with right now is, is Phoenix Children's Hospital just down the street from Big Daddy's actually. Um, and uh, so fantastic. yeah our goal this year is yeah our goal this year is really to try to get as much money as we can to, to to push to that, you know, to to, to the hospital and try to increase the, you know, what we did last year, you know? And so we're really focused on trying to give as much as we can this year.
0: That's really good. You, you had mentioned something that I actually forgot about. Um, We're used to one o'clock football games on the East coast. You (laughs) watch uh, football games at 10 AM. What is that like going to a sports bar Eating scrambled eggs, drinking beer, and watching <laughs> Cleveland Browns football. What is that like?
1: I'll tell you what. So, I am – first off, I love it. To answer your question, I love it. Um, yeah, obviously used to those 1 o'clock games back home. But i tell you what. You, you get up in the morning at you know 9 o'clock. You drag your ass down um, for a 10 o'clock game. But by 1 o'clock, you got the rest of the day to, one, recover from, from drinking a bunch of pitchers. From what you barlett, just did. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah, um, and then you know, but you still get the rest of the day. So if you want to watch football, you know, whatever. It's not, you know, it's not four o'clock in the afternoon where you got to start thinking about work on Monday. You got, you still got a little bit of time to kind of recoup and you know enjoy the day or get some stuff done. I actually love it. So at this ten o'clock, and then when the time change comes, the eleven o'clock games, I love it. I do love it. I mean, I, I do miss the one o'clock games back home, but this is a, an okay trade, you know.
0: It makes you be a good boy on Saturday night.
1: It does. That's a good point, too. You're getting up early. You're getting up early. That's for the most point.
0: part, I'm sure that, you know, we've you've probably had experiences where you show up Sunday and you're like, oh my gosh, why did there. I do
1: that? Yeah, yeah. we've all been there. A little there. hair of the dog.
0: A little hair of the dog. That's right. So, all right. So back to Big Daddies. Um, how many Browns fans are usually at the viewing site on any given week?
1: You know, it, it typically, you know, as we all know as Browns fans, we're aimed for week one. You know, we're ready to go. So everyone comes out and then as the season progresses typically typically not this year they lose <laughs> so we lose fans so it, it kind of dwindles um this year is a little different obviously due to covid due to everything that's going on in the world we're, we're a little bit restricted on how many fans we're allowed to have inside the bar um so right now i mean big guys is a it's your, it's your prototypical dive bar it's it's a it's a, a local bar um You know, a lot of locals still go to this day. They've been going for years. Um, So it's not a big place. It's not like a B-dubs. But uh, so right now, due to COVID, this particular year, uh, maximum capacities are right around 50 people. And we're hoping that will increase throughout the year due to COVID. Uh, But what's nice, Big Daddy's really trying to, and he is, he's he's practicing all the social distancing protocols. The CDC and, and the city of Phoenix are making him abide by. Um, so he, um, he's got everything. I was just there recently. He's got everything kind of mapped out on, you know, how everyone's going to be able to sit and, and how many people can go here and masks, you know, everything. Um, so right now, you know, we're, we're kind of, we're limited to the 50 people-ish, you know. Um, so hopefully once COVID kind of works its way out of our lives, if it does, we'll be able to increase that. Um, so right now we're kind of, like I said, we're restricted, but we'll get there. We'll get there.
0: Yeah, I mean, what what that basically tells me is don't be late.
1: Exactly. Right, you got to <laughs> be there early. got to be, you gotta be get, there early. Because you may not get in. I mean, that's, that's the truth of the fact. That's some, yeah, that may, that
0: yeah. may be it. So. Yeah, we, yeah you, you're you right. We, we definitely have to practice safe habits. and But, you know, we can't eliminate all of our fun either. So No, um, we will not. We will yeah, not. <laughs> if yeah, you're, if you're going to Big Daddy's uh, in Phoenix to watch the Browns games, don't show up at 10 o'clock or 10.05. The doors get open there. up what nine nine o'clock?
1: Eight o'clock. Eight o'clock breakfast starts serving. So eight o'clock. Yeah, I would get eight there. o'clock. Okay. Exactly.
0: <laughs> yeah, you, you heard it here first, folks. We gotta get there early. Um <laughs> I, I'm curious. Uh I'm sure that you guys have built great relationships within that viewing site, good friendships. Do you guys have any plans of maybe traveling? You know, I know the furthest west the Browns go this year is in Dallas in Jerry's world. Now, Jerry, uh, he's, he's opening up his stadium to fans more so than other stadiums. Do you guys have any trips planned like that coming up? or, or So or, or ideally, co- yeah.
1: Yeah, and that's what you're about to say. With COVID. Due to COVID, we don't know necessarily what to expect and what kind of feedback we're going to get. Um, so I think week one, when we play the Ravens, we'll try to find out what kind of feedback, you know, what to expect. I would love to plan some sort of trip you know to doubt those are so much
0: fun so much fun
1: never did one and i would i've been dying to do one and i would love to do it with the big daddy's crew that would be awesome so it's it's been discussed it's you know we just don't know yet unfortunately um so i think once week one comes around we'll try to get it put some feelers out there and see what people think um and see what we can do there so yeah that would be it's definitely on a list of uh possibilities so um that's kind of no, nothing
0: that. like that. I mean, renting yeah. a big bus and everybody piling on, you don't have to worry about driving. You could be safe, yeah. have fun on the way there. And hopefully if we win, have fun on the way back. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that de- definitely be awesome. in, the, in, in the future, I'm sure that that'll definitely happen.
1: For sure. For sure.
0: All right. So you had mentioned the Ravens. I cannot even believe that we're saying this, but we kick off in, well, right now we kick, it's about eight days. Right. But when this podcast drops, it's gonna be less than a week. Less than a week. We, um, you know, we we faced the Ravens week one. Of course, last year the Browns got them early in a in a thrilling victory, probably our best victory of the year. And then they got us late. So we ended up splitting with Baltimore last year, but this year we right out of the gates, we face them week one. So, so what I want to kind of talk about is let's, let's talk about that week one matchup um, with the Baltimore Ravens. It's in Baltimore. Um, it's going to be an exciting game. There's, there's talent all over both rosters and maybe we can get into that a little bit, but what are you, what are some of your keys to victory? How can we bring home the W on, on Sunday, September the 13th? I think
1: uh, a few things. One, I really think you know we're all kind of interested to see what Stefanski does with this offense, and I've actually been youtubing Minnesota Vikings um, highlights the last couple of years, so just to get an idea of how this offense is thinking it's going to run. Uh, I think one, we got to control, we got to control the, the game clock and the possession. Um, we're going to run the ball. We've got to establish that run, and I'm and I'm really hoping it, it's tough this year because of because of COVID and no preseason games, we've got a, we've got pretty much a new offensive line. So I'm curious how cohesive they're going to be. You know, we've got a rookie left tackle, uh, Jack Clock on the right side. Um, rookie center now looks like it. I don't think Treader is going to be ready, but maybe it'll surprise us. So curious how that offensive line is going to mesh, so we can establish the run game, which is going to open up the play action. Um, and I know Stefanski wants to take shots down the field, um, but number one, we got to get that run game going with Chubb, with Hunt, and I mean we got we got the talent there. It's just putting it all together. Um, so you know, I think Week One's going to be tough, and, it, and unfortunately, it's up against a, a Super Bowl caliber team in, in the Ravens. Um, but one, let's establish that run, open up that play action, um, and control the clock. Uh, we, don't wanna get, we don't want to get we don't we don't want Lamar Jackson. He's the MVP. We didn't want him on the field any longer than than, than needed because he could do some damage, as we all know. Um, I, and I just think also too. I mean, like a lot a lot of football games, close football games are decided by a few plays. We got to be on the the better end of those few p- plays, whether it's a turnover or a fourth and one that we get by an inch. Like, got to take advantage of those and then capitalize. Um, so I think those are just a couple quick points I think that are are important I mean it's it's a tough it's a tough week one matchup with a new coach new decoy I mean new everything but we got talent you know um we just got hoping we can kind of put it all together so
0: it is tough I mean this is not an easy challenge uh Baltimore lost two games all last year the entire year so we gave them half of their losses
2: (laughs) right right
0: but you, you bring up a solid point about rushing I actually have a few statistics here the, the the first time that we played the Ravens, we won uh, 40, to, 40 to 25. Chubb had 20 carries, 165 yards, and three TDs. You want to know what his stat was on the game that we lost? What was it? Chubb had 15 carries for 45 yards. So I, I think that just proves you what you're saying.
1: Yeah. The, yeah, run, run game. We got to get the game. I mean, I mean and not only Chubb, we got we – got, We've got Hunt to do it as well, so everyone's going to be fresh. Um, but yeah, establishing that run will just open up the the entire rest of the playbook. I mean, it really will. And easier said than done, obviously. I'm just you know I'm hoping we can get hot off the gates, right out the gates, and and do it. You know, um, that'd be a big Week One victory if we can if we can secure that over the Ravens.
0: It would be a huge victory. Let me just run through some of the stats. Last, last year in September when we beat him 40, 40 to 25, Baker was 20 of 30, 342 yards, one TD, one interception. In the game that we lost, he was 20 of 33 for 192, two TDs, and one pick. So, you know, obviously he threw for more yards. Um, he was a little better um, in, uh, in his completion percentage. Uh, but the the big one that does stand out is we the first time we played the Ravens Hunt was not playing he 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 wasn't available till week eight uh, week eight nine, nine I believe yeah yeah week yeah. week nine so it was all Nick Chubb and he had 20 right. carries for 165 yards what, what was that long touchdown run 88 yards I mean that Something just like sealed it. the deal the yep. house lit up all yep. television sets lit up. Fans were cheering. I'm sure the viewing site was just out of control wow. when that happened. Nice. Yep. Basically that run uh solidified our, our victory there. But uh a couple other stats. In the in the game that we won, Landry had eight receptions for 167 yards. Second time we played him, seven receptions for 74 yards. Um OBJ, uh he he kinda had a off year all last year. The first game he had uh, 20 yards I believe it was yeah 20 yards and then the second game 44 but this was a interesting one the the this is where I think we're different than last year last year if you remember David and Joku got injured um, I believe it was the first or second game of the year and yeah. we basically our tight ends were non-existent non
1: existing. right
0: Bef- right before we played the Ravens, if you remember, we picked up Ricky Seals-Jones off the street. And nice. uh, he had three receptions for 82 yards and a touchdown. He was a big factor in that game. And then the second time we played him, um, you know, he did okay. But our tight end room looks a lot different this year than it did last year. And I think that's going to bode well for us.
1: Agreed. Agreed. And And I've watched, you know, every – Well, not every, but a lot of the Browns practices, they're they're airing with Zagura and and Josh Cribs are kind of broadcasting. They love, and everyone's ranting and raving, not only about Austin Hooper, we kind of know what to expect from him. He's he's a heck of a tight end. But um, this rookie Harrison Bryant, I mean, they're saying he's potentially the, 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 the star of the camp. And we haven't even mentioned Njoku. So this tight end room, if it stays intact, hopefully nothing crazy happens with him. Joke we get getting traded, and there was some chatter about that. But you keep those three tight ends. And Baker loves his tight ends. He's loved his tight ends in college. Um, I think between those three,
0: could be dangerous.
1: Could,
0: could be, be dangerous. very dangerous. And that's, yep. a, that's just a weapon we didn't have in either one of those games last exactly. year. Exactly. Um, defense the week we won, we had four sacks two INTs. Second time we had zero sacks, zero INTs. The defense has to be better. And if you know, the last time we, uh, the last game we played, I think it was the last game of the year. Miles Garrett was obviously suspended at that point. Our defensive line was just, they weren't doing, they weren't doing anything. They weren't putting um, any pressure on Lamar Jackson, which, you know, Lamar Jackson, uh, you got to put pressure on that guy. You can't, let him beat you with his feet. I, I want if they're going to beat us, I want it to be from his arm, not his feet.
1: Please, yeah, let's, yeah, exactly. Yeah, shut him down. Yeah, get us if it's a spy or whatever, you know, the spy, whatever it takes. You can't let him, yeah, you can't let him do the RPO and beat you with his feet. If he beats us with his arm, all right, that's fine. But yeah, not with his feet because he's too good at running the football. Too good. Um,
0: yeah, we we just uh, signed a safety today. I was just trying to pull that up.
1: Yeah, they, they um, traded. They traded a fifth-round pick, um, Harrison from Alabama. Um, uh, I forget his first name.
0: Let me just pull that up here. Yeah. I had it uh, before we went on, and, and then I lost it again. Yeah, we signed uh, Ronnie Harrison. He was a
1: former,
0: former third-round pick in 2018. He's a yep. safety. Um, he's going to help with the loss of Grant Delpit. Um, he's a big safety. He can hit. So you're talking about a spy on with Lamar Jackson. I think that he's going to be a good weapon to have to yep. contain the runs. And, you know, another thing that I didn't mention about their tight ends is they really beat us up that second game. You know, Mark Andrews had – uh, 93 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, Mark Ingram had two receptions for a touchdown. So having a safety in there to, I think that that he'll help us out with that.
1: It sounds, you know, it sounds like from what I've from, from what I've read, we're going to run a lot of four two five. So we're going to have a lot of D backs, a lot of a lot of safeties on the field at all times, which will end up covering hopefully those tight ends and shutting them down. So yeah, big yeah. big pickup right there. I agree.
0: Yeah, big pickup. So that's breaking news. I mean, by the time this drops, it'll be old news. But right now, as we're talking, it's breaking news. Uh, Breaking just happened today. So we're definitely excited about that. Um, One thing that really stood out to me as you look at the statistics, I like to just compare uh, the two games last last year. One thing that really sticks out to me is the third down uh, efficiency. In the game that we won, we were six of thirteen for converting third downs. Second time we played them, we were three for twelve. That can't happen. We got to be better on third down. Big um, difference, right? Yeah, you got you, you have to keep the offense on the field, and one of the ways that you do that is to convert on third down. All right. Again, going back to our tight ends, I think that's going to help us out a lot in that area to spread the field. I'm I'm really excited about our offense this year. I mean, you had mentioned our receivers. We have Landry, OBJ. We have young receivers coming up as our third receiver. But then, as you mentioned, our tight ends, you know, with Harrison Bryant, uh, David Njoku, I think, you know, we're going to utilize him. We're going to oh, find absolutely. a spot for him. Of course, when this drops, they'll probably have traded him. But uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> the weapons, I mean, I mean the, the weapons, weapons are they're there. There. They're there. They're there. I mean, it's just, just getting, it, getting it figured out, getting the offense in sync and. You know, um it's yeah, putting it all together and it's 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 interesting and it's it's tough because we're it's it's a new group. It's a, not a new group as far as all the teammates, but the coaching staff and installing a new offense and getting it all just together without the preseason games. I mean but every 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 NFL team's kind of in the same boat. Like we're all kind of dealing with the same thing and it's it's difficult for everybody, you know. Um, but we got the talent, we've got the experience, like they can do it. Um, so Week one, well, I guess we'll, we're going to find out. So,
0: Yeah, ready or not, here we come, right?
1: Exactly, exactly, right? The,
0: the the last thing that I'll bring up is, you know, Baker Mayfield has to be efficient. You know, he has to spread the ball around. He can't have the turnovers. That was a big problem last year um, was the turnovers. Um, so, so we have to, uh, you know, Baker's got to show up for that. And then we have to run the ball effectively. I mean, that's got to be, that's just got to happen. Run. Um, That was one of the reasons why we beat him the first time. And it was one of the reasons why we lost to him the second time was our running. And then defensively, we have to get after Lamar Jackson. We have to contain Lamar Jackson. I don't know if I said this before, but man, the guy rushed for, he rushed for like 66 yards. Um, the, The, you know, we just can't have that. We can't have him beat us with his feet. And, um, and then, as I mentioned, you know our strong safety has to help contain the run, play tight end coverage, because you know Lamar Jackson loves his tight ends, right. and uh, we can't get beat that way either. So it, it's an, it's an in- interesting year. Um, I'm excited about it. Um, our year does start in Baltimore. What, what do you – you want to give a game prediction? What do you think? Do the Browns come out on top?
1: <sighs> I, never, I never do this. I, I never do it. But I'm going to do it. I'm gonna do. It. I'm gonna. I'm gonna throw a prediction out there. Browns win, obviously. Okay. Uh, it's gonna be close. I mean, keep keep it close. I mean, Baltimore's a better team. We know that. But keep it close into the fourth quarter. Capitalize on those few plays that you just need. You know, whether it's you know like a fourth down or random turnover, you gotta just have a few of those go in your favor. 27-24 Browns.
0: 27-24 Browns, right on. There it is.
1: Well, there it is.
0: I actually did a game-by-game game prediction on the last show, and I, I have the Browns finishing off at 10-6. and six. But I actually have the Browns losing this uh, season opener. Um, there's just so many questions, man, with, you know, the team chemistry. I mean, I know we have a lot of returning players, but we do have some new players as well. Um, you know, who's calling the plays? Is it going to be Alex Manpel or is it going to be Kevin Stefanski? We don't know that answer yet. Right. Um,
1: we don't. Yeah.
0: You know, how much of the playbook will they use? Um, you know, do they, they were still installing plays as of yesterday. They were still installing right. plays as of yesterday. So how much of the playbook will be open? <laughs> will it be just kind of a vanilla offense? Um, you know, that that's a question that I would have. And then will baker you know will he spread the ball around to our playmakers effectively you know um th- that that's just a couple questions that i have and i don't know the answer to that i'm hope hopeful you know could i see the browns beating the ravens i mean it wouldn't shock me but i do have them unfortunately losing this one and i have them losing a tough one 28-21 ravens take it home um unfortunately but but i do have <laughs> Uh, favorable outcomes going into Cincinnati um, on that Thursday night game for Week Two, and then against the Washington football team in in Week
1: Three. So, <laughs> yeah, that, I don't want to end turn it. Around, I, yeah, 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 I don't want to end that on quick a somber turnaround. note, but quick
0: turn. Right. Right, no, right. Oh, hey,
1: you're honest, and that's that's fair. You know, that's fair. Uh, I'm 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 overly optimistic as a normal Browns fan, but um, so we'll see. We'll see. Week One's a big one. I'm excited. I can't wait. It,
0: it's a big one, and you brought up a, a fantastic point. It's a quick turnaround. Yep. You know, win, oh, yeah. lose, or draw, we, we uh, four days later, five days later, we're playing, you know, the, the Cincinnati Bengals in Cleveland. So.
1: Right, yep. De-
0: definitely look forward to that. Well, what, what are your expectations for this year um, with the Cleveland Browns? Um, I know you, you kind of didn't want to give me a prediction for this game, but do you have any expectations for this year, what you're looking forward to seeing?
1: Uh, you know, it, I think we were probably too optimistic last year with everything, um, and we saw what happened. We didn't we didn't have the year we were expecting. Um, I can see like a nine and seven, nine and seven finish for the Browns, and sneaking into that last playoff berth with the extra playoff this year. Uh, I think, I mean, we just get in the playoffs. Just get even if it's that last get year, because I mean, you never know what can happen. And we're we're dying for a playoff. You know, we haven't had a Browns since 2000, what, two thousand, what seven eight with Derek Anderson. I mean, we, oh, they didn't even make it. Oh, no, we didn't six. make it. They, they didn't get in. Yeah, it's been two, <laughs> yeah with, with uh, Kelly Holcomb and the Dennis Northcott drop. Yeah, Ugh. but um, it's been yeah, we too were ten,
0: 10 and six in two thousand seven and missed the we
1: doggone playoffs. It. That's right, right? That, that never happens. No, <laughs> It happens in the Browns. Happen to us. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I, I think a uh, nine and seven is it's doable. Um, and then uh, yeah, get us in the playoffs. See what we can do. You know,
0: can't ask a hey, can't ask for anything more than that. I mean, get us to the dance, and like you said, see what we can do. See what it's we can time. do. It's time. Yeah. It's it's. I'm you Long know, overdue. I, I'm over the five and eleven, six and ten seasons. I'm over it. You know huh? it's time to move on, man. Let's um, go. It, it's time for Baker to step up. He's the man. He's our quarterback. I do. I do honestly believe that we've finally found a franchise quarterback that will be with us a long time. I'm excited about him. I'm excited about our coach. You know, and Kevin Stefanski. I think that was a fantastic hire. We Love were really, honestly, we were lucky to get him because we actually interviewed him last year and went a
1: different Pass. direction. Pass. Right. Pass. Yeah. Yeah, that that doesn't happen again. I mean, that doesn't happen. So to have him right now is it's a blessing. It really is. And I'm, I'm I think he's the right man. He seems so cool. His demeanor. Um, he's smart. You know, not you know nothing against Freddie Kitchens. I thought he was the guy. I thought he was perfect for Baker. And then, but I think this is just a different. I think Just a little bit more mutual respect with with Stefanski amongst the players, and um, hoping he can hoping he can be our guy. Hoping he can be our leader moving forward.
0: Yeah, you you mentioned smart. Um man, we needed a smart coach through what we just went through in this off-season. Right. I mean, this is an off-season like none other. And hopefully we never have an off-season like this again. But no. uh yeah, Kevin Stefanski, I'm a fan and uh Absolutely. I have high expectations for him for sure.
1: Same here. Same here. Looking forward to it. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: Well, Doug, this was fun, man. Um, yeah. I want, to, I want to respect your time and, um, and, and get you out of here. But before we do that, uh, I'd like to give you an opportunity to plug Big Daddy's Sports Bar. Um, yeah. Where, where, can, where can we actually, if we're in the Phoenix area, if we find ourselves in the Phoenix area on a Sunday morning at 10 a.m. and we want to go watch a Browns football game, how do I find Big Daddy's? Where do I go? Pick up
1: your iPhone
0: go to google
1: uh-huh. type in cleveland browns bars in phoenix and big Daddies will pop up so we're about Big uh, big daddy's is about 20 minutes i'd say north of downtown phoenix um it's off cave creek road and cactus approximately um but again just google where to watch a browns game and that bar will pop up uh, but you can also follow um our uh, facebook page it's the Phoenix North, Cleveland Browns backers. So just look for that. Uh, that'll pop up. Feel free to join and add any comments you'd like. Uh, I monitor a lot of that uh, that page. And, uh, yeah, look forward to you know, having some additional followers and seeing you guys at Big Daddies every Sunday.
0: We will definitely look forward to that. And it probably, I don't want to say never, but probably will be not this year, but the following year. I would love to get to Cle- uh, Cleveland. I'm going to get there, too, but I'm going to get to Phoenix, Arizona, um, at least for a long weekend, and maybe do a yeah. live show at Big Daddy's, and the awesome. Crown Subtle podcast can be live right there, and we just yeah. have a good time and do that and watch Cleveland Browns football.
1: Yeah, get out here. We'll take care of you. Absolutely. that would be fun.
0: That sounds good. Um, where can we find you, Doug? I know you're on Twitter.
1: Um, yeah. yeah, you can look me up on Twitter. Uh, my Twitter handle is at DRJ dougie doug drj dougie doug
0: drj dougie doug right on you got it that's it well uh doug thanks so much for coming on the brown Huddle podcast let's do this again you know yeah, um thank you um, so much yeah maybe yeah. we can get on uh sometime this year and talk about an upcoming game or recap a game that just happened
1: yeah let's do that yeah maybe get your, your pops in, in there as well and uh get his perspective on things but yeah Thank you so much for, for having me, and this has actually been a, a lot of fun, like I said, my first podcast, and I know not to be my last. So um, this is awesome. Thank you so much. This is really cool.
0: Absolutely, Doug. Well, you have a great night, and go Browns. Go Browns. All right, and in that interview was Doug Jones. He and my dad, John, are gearing up the viewing site for another exciting season there at Big Daddy's in North Phoenix. If you are in the Phoenix area, go give them a game day visit. They will take great care of you. Mention that you heard about their viewing site from this podcast. Give them your shipping info, and I will send you a special prize from the show. Next, we have Brown superfan Pumpkinhead joining the Browns Huddle podcast. Pumpkinhead, like many fans, is very excited about our season that will kick off in six short days. Here is your interview. Here is the interview with. Pumpkinhead. My next guest to the show is someone that needs no introduction. We have seen him at all the Browns home games. If you haven't seen him live, you, uh, at the game, you surely caught him on TV. He is a Browns super fan. Pumpkinhead, welcome to the Browns Huddle Podcast.
2: Hey, thanks for having me.
0: Like, Are you in a restaurant right now, or where are you joining me from?
2: Uh, just a local pub up the street from my house. Oh, okay. <laughs> getting, getting out of
0: the house. All right. Well, thanks for taking the time. Before we start, I, I know we have something in common. Um, we both have campers. I see your camper on Twitter, and uh, we yeah. enjoy camping with our families. Um, how do you like camping?
2: Yeah, we. my boys are 11 and 12, and we do a lot of camping. Uh, we get a lot of attention because of the way it's designed and wrapped. But uh, something we do, you know, um, the camper we use for tailgating, but I kind of like double it as a... You know, a family thing. So yeah, we really enjoy it. We've got a matching golf cart. And, uh, you know, it's it's a good conversation piece.
0: Yeah, it's it's definitely a lot of fun to take the kids out of the house and get them into a, sure. uh, I, a lot of people call it glamping, you know, because it ain't yes. like camping when we were kids, you know, but uh, it's still a lot of fun to get them out of the house and get them away from their devices and, you know, get them out into nature. Um, yeah, for sure. ha- have you, um, ventured out to a lot of different campsites?
2: Yeah. So we do a lot of, uh, camping at Clay's park. And then, uh, we discovered a new place that we really like. It's called Antwood. Um, I'm not really too familiar. It's just past the Hall of Fame in Canton, but uh, it's all brand new. A lot of trails. Uh, they got a really nice lake for the kids and stuff. So, yeah, we're just trying to branch out and see which ones we like best. What are
0: your highs and lows of camping? What do you like?
1: What do you don't like?
2: Well, it's kind of like a double-edged sword. I mean, I enjoy um, getting there, getting set up. It's kind of a drag, you know, um, when you got to clean up on Sunday morning and put all your stuff away. but Yeah. Um, You know, with my girlfriend, she uh, kind of have, like, a pact where I'll prepare the trailer. She'll prepare all the beer and all the food and drinks for the kids. So, and then Sunday we get home and we'll kind of tackle it together and clean it out. Uh, I don't like to put it away dirty, so that way when the next time we go to use it, it's ready to go. Yeah.
0: Yeah, there's definitely a lot of preparations you have to do for camping. And the cleanup, the Sunday cleanup is the worst because, I mean, you know, you got to clean out the crapper, and uh, you got to pack everything up, and sure, then, sure. and then, all the you know, the only thing in your mind is you got to work the next day too. So, right. Let's get into uh, Pumpkinhead. Um, you know, the NFL has had super fans for many decades. You know, I remember as a kid in the '80s watching uh, the NFL. I, I'm reminded of the Denver Broncos, the Barrel Man, the team formerly known as the Redskins. They had the Hoggets, and we, of course, had Big Dog. Um, right. More recently, the Jets, you know, they have Fireman Ed, I think is his name, and the Raiders have their, whatever they are. I mean, that that those that fan base is crazy. But right. uh, but but you, sir, um, you are a Brown super fan, and uh, you know you're definitely a staple at First Energy Stadium. You know, every every game that I, I've watched from my living room most of the time, and every game they're showing Pumpkin Head and your your costume, and the eyes lit up, and you're pumping your fists, and um, it, it's just a, it, it makes TV viewing more enjoyable. I mean, obviously, we're there to watch the Browns game, but to see super fans in the stand, especially for rooting for the Cleveland Browns, is definitely something special. How, how did all that get started? How did you come up with Pumpkinhead, such a unique and fun idea?
2: Yeah, so back, I want to say it was 2004, the Browns actually um, did a minor modification to the color of the helmet, and they called it a pumpkin orange. Uh, Halloween's oh, okay. my favorite holiday, so um, at the time I was doing some DJing, and I really liked the attention I was getting, and uh, I don't know, just out of the blue, I decided I was going to carve a pumpkin from the inside out, or I should say from the bottom up, and then I put uh, these brown stripes on it. I made 3 or 4 of them for like me, my two brothers and my cousin. And we were all supposed to wear them. They didn't want to do it, you know, when it came to time to walk into the stadium. So, I don't know, a couple of them ended up smashed in the street. I think we gave one to like a bomb or something. And then uh, <laughs> I walked in with mine and it was like an instant sensation. Um, you know, we we were on TV all day. Um, they started putting us on the drumotron, And this was just the first game. So, From there on in, I kind of knew I had something special. So then I started, you know, um, elaborating on the costume, getting like uh, a full uniform, pads, this and that. And that kind of like accentuated into uh, buying our first RV, which turned into another trailer. Um, And now we have this 40-foot tailgate trailer. It's a toy hauler. It's just become a life of its own. Um, You know, I, I do all kinds of events. I'm, you know, in the public, you know, the Browns include me in many things, which I'm very grateful for. You know, I'm doing the events constantly. I'm, I have a, an event booked this Thursday for Bud Light. So it's just, you know, one thing after the next. And, you know, even, you know, with like the smaller interviews and podcasts, I try not to tell anybody no. I, I appreciate everybody's, you know, interest in why they interview me or, you know, it, it's just fun, you know. It, it's something you can do with the kids. It's something, uh, you know, the Browns community can rally around. And, you know, it's fun. You know, you, know, I get these compliments. And I, you know, I saw you on TV or, hey, we saw you at the game. or You know, it's it's fun for me. And, and um, you know, the thing I enjoy most about it is I bring my, my boys in with me. And, you know, it's fun for them too.
0: Absolutely, yeah. I saw pictures of, of your kids. I have kids myself, and I'm sure that they really get a kick out of that no doubt about it
2: sure, um, sure.
0: pumpkin head is a it's a fitting name you know it's i mean you have a pumpkin on your head H- how did you come up with the name did, did you hear it from like passerbyers, buyers hey pumpkin or did you come up with that
2: yeah i mean i actually came up with it i, I don't really remember the origin behind the name um As things started to evolve, you know, I I guess there's a horror movie called Pumpkinhead. Um, I wasn't really aware when I when I did that, but it looks nothing like a pumpkin. But um, I don't know. It just you know kind of put the two things together. You know, it's a pumpkin on my head, Pumpkinhead. You know, (laughs) you know. Now that I thought about it, I mean, going back, maybe um, I should have called myself Ichabod or you know Jack jack-o'-lantern but i don't know i think pumpkin head works
0: no Pumpkinhead's perfect man i love i love the That's name i was just curious how you got the name if there's uh, a story behind that
2: yeah, um, no real story behind the name you-,
0: you had mentioned halloween what's halloween like at Pumpkinhead's house
2: well i mean believe it or not last year was the first year i went out um, in my Browns pumpkin head gear, usually you know I'm just trick or treating with the kids. Kind of, you know, when I'm not doing Browns events, I kind of try to keep my my uh, alter ego, you know, separate. Kind of just yeah. do the dad thing. So last year was kind of fun, you know. I um, I went out in the, in the gear. We uh, we went and did like a, a costume contest, you know. And People kind of like taken back because, like you know, they know who I am. So, you know, they didn't let me enter the contest for whatever reason. I think because they knew that I would win. But it was kind of like you know, I don't want to be too egotistical, but it was like you know, people treat me like a celebrity for some some reason. You know.
0: Well, I mean, you 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 kind of are. I mean, in Browns Nation, I mean, um, when we th- when I think of Browns fans, I you're one of the guys I think about. So. In a small kind of way, you are. You know, in yeah, my I mean, opinion,
2: I just have a unique way of showing my fandom. I don't really look at myself that way, but I do appreciate it.
0: Yeah. Well, it's it's good to stay humble for sure. sure. Um, all right. So so the pumpkin head outfit in the beginning was something you kind of just made up. It was an idea. You put a pumpkin on your head. We see the the outfit that you have now. Do you have any? Is this what it's going to be like, or can you see yourself making more modifications?
2: Yeah, I'm actually working on uh, two new helmets as we speak. They're uh, being fiberglassed, and then they get sent out to Rydell for paint. Um, What's really unique about my character is everything is official. Everything that I wear is um, team-issued gear, um, from the shoulder pads to the uniforms, down to the the shoes that I wear. Everything is is legit, and it's really difficult. Again, I can't reveal my sources, but I mean, if you guys... Pay attention to what I wear. I think you guys can figure out where everything's coming from.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think we can put two and two together. <laughs> but that's good. You don't have to say it. Um, obviously, you're at all the home games. You're a season ticket holder. I'm guessing uh, you sit in the same spot every week, right? Um, do you travel to away games? And and if so, do you dress for those games? Or so you-
2: I try to do um, three away games a year, um, and I try to take my boys to at least one of them. This year we have. Uh, Dallas, Jacksonville, and Tennessee plan. Um, Jacksonville nice. got canceled because of the, the COVID. Yeah, um, we're still planning on doing Dallas, and Tennessee's up in the air. But uh, yeah, when, when we travel, I definitely wear my my gear. And you know, it, it's fun to see um, away fans or Browns fans to the away stadiums. You know, you know because they recognize me, and it's it's just nonstop pictures and conversations. It's a lot of fun.
0: You were at the Arizona game, was it, last year? I thought, yep. Yeah. We, we, that, we didn't win that game, but it was – my dad and my brother were at that game, and I, I think they said they saw you there.
2: Yeah, I mean, um, that was one of the crazier experiences. I mean, I couldn't even make it to the to the bathroom without getting stopped. I mean, it was like every <laughs> five minutes. But, uh, you know, people from the away cities, you know, they don't get to see me, you know, in person like they do here in Cleveland. So I try to embrace it. Yeah,
0: can you have a conversation with people in that outfit, or can they even hear what you're saying? Is it kind of hard? really to, depends.
2: Most people, they just want to come up and you know say, "Hey, go Browns, get a picture," and then like other people might want to have a conversation. And I'll take the helmet off got to kind of be a little bit more personal.
1: Yeah,
0: that's cool, man. Um, I have a question for you. Best away stadium and worst away stadium. Like, do you have stadiums that you just like? And I'm talking about fan bases. I'm not really talking about the venue.
2: Sure. Well, I mean, and it's not just because they're a rival, but I've always had a terrible experience in Cincinnati. Um, I've been there multiple times. The fans are just terrible. The stadium, not much to even talk about either. Um, Believe it or not, Pittsburgh, they're always very good to us. Um, the stadium's unique. Um, Green Bay was a good one when we went to Lambeau. The fans were tremendous to us, but uh, the fans that were the best, I think, were uh, Indianapolis sports fans and the stadiums, you know, one of my favorites. They they do all kinds of weird stuff because it's a dome, you know, they have like fans playing in the concourse, but, you know, they don't really tailgate in, in uh, Indies, so I think everything really? they do is kind of, yeah, it's really weird. You'll see like one or, one or two like tailgate tents on the way into the stadium, and I thought that was very unusual, but once you get into the stadium, it's definitely a different experience and a different environment than what we traditionally used to. Use to.
0: Um, uh, your seats at First Energy Stadium, you're, you're, in the, you're in the end zone, kind of to the side of the dog pound, right?
2: I'm opposite of the dog pound. I'm right above the visitor's tunnel, kind of, like, right on the, on the corner there.
0: Yeah, good seats, man. Good seats. Um, Are, are you a beer drinker?
2: Uh, I drink a little beer, you know, to be honest with you. I, I do most of the drinking at the tailgate, you know, with my buddies and my family. And then uh, when I get to the game, I kind of stop drinking so I can, you know, sober up, enjoy the game. Uh, I got to keep, you know, one eye on my boys. You know, the boys are always with me, so... You know, I don't really get to, you know, uh, drunk or whatever you want to call it, but I do have a few sodas here and there.
0: I didn't know if you had some kind of contraption in there. To work.
2: <laughs> uh, I mean, it's kind of hard to even go to the bathroom thing, to be honest with you. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's the best game you ever saw in perp-
2: person? Wow. No one's really asked me that question. Uh, let's see. I want to say the uh, the the Falcons game. I forget the year, but they just showed it on uh, last Saturday. They showed it on TV. Um, it was the one that we had to do to get into the playoffs. We had to beat the Falcons at home. I believe it went into overtime. Um, that was one of the most exciting games I can remember.
0: Was this in 2002 or 2003?
2: Yeah,
0: 2002. The last time we were in the playoffs? Or
2: something like that, yeah.
0: Yeah, that's when we were in the wild card game against the Steelers. Yep. Is that yep. what it – I forgot what it took to get us in there. Now, I knew we had to win and then we had to get some help. And I, I think it was the Jets or the Dolphins won and, and then we were able to get in the playoffs that year. So
2: yeah, I, I do remember we had to beat Michael Vick to get in, so that's what I remember.
0: Good night. I was actually at that game in Pittsburgh, man. That was, that
2: was tough. Yeah. I mean, I
0: thought we had that game. Oh, dude. I still watch it on, you know, NFL Network. They'll show it sometimes. I still don't know how we lost that game. I'm like, how did we lose that game?
2: I know. I mean, I think back to one of my favorite quarterbacks since the Browns' return. It's got to be Kelly Holcomb. You know, we took uh, Tim Couch, you know, first overall when we came back. But, I mean, there was just something about Kelly Holcomb. Like, you know, I'll never forget that playoff game.
0: I mean he was throwing like four hundred yards a game going into that. Yeah, game. it was, he was crazy. Amazing, man. Yeah. Yeah, he was good. Um do you have a do you have a favorite um um I guess a favorite moment? Uh I asked for your favorite game, but do you have a favorite moment cheering for the Browns? Uh maybe and even in First
2: Energy Stadium. Yeah, well, like my favorite moments I, I would say what the plural moments are when I get to uh get back and you know uh, to do charity events with the players. Those are always my favorite. Um, I do the feed the media town hall and usually, you know, all the marquee players show up. and We serve so Thanksgiving dinners to uh, the homeless. I get to bring my boys. So those, those types of my, my favorite things I like to do. You know, I get to mingle with the players. They kind of get to know me. I get to know them. And then, you know, we get to help out charities too.
0: That's, that's always a good thing, man, when you can take something good like this and then give back and help yeah, you know, sure. people in need. I mean, that's what it's all about, right? Especially right now.
2: For uh, sure. That's for good sure.
0: stuff. Um, you mentioned meeting players and coaches. Uh, you, you're even in a movie. <laughs> that was a, that's one of my dad's favorite movies, Draft Day. You're even in a movie. What, what was right. that
2: like, man? Yeah, so that, that was an experience. Like, So that was, I, I was in the movie for like two minutes. And we yeah. filmed all day. That scene was an all-day scene, believe it or not. And it was weird because when we when we were filming, it was like eighty degrees, and it was like a, an early fall day. Now I I don't know how you're familiar you are with the, you know, the Cleveland uh, weather, but as soon as the sun went down, it got to like fifty degrees, and and they didn't allow us to put hoodies on or bundle up because you had to stay in the same outfit for the uh the same scene so it's like then it started to rain we were just freezing our butts off and it was just (laughs) i mean it was fun to be in the movie you know we all got like a couple hundred bucks which was nothing but you know it was it was miserable being freezing like that once the sun went down
0: yeah yeah hollywood's like that man one two minute scene takes 12 hours to film
2: yeah you would you would never know you know it's crazy.
0: Yeah, you would think a, a scene like that, they could just one take, all right, we're done, good. You yeah, know, move on. Um, What about, what was your greatest uh, introduction? You know, being Pumpkinhead, you've had many introductions. I, I think you met Baker Mayfield, you met a lot of the players, but what was your greatest introduction of all being uh, Pumpkinhead?
2: Yeah, so, I mean, that's an easy one for me. It's been Bernie Cozart you know i've always wanted to meet him and, and do stuff with him and it was kind of like you know kind of like a pipe dream i never thought it would happen and then one year it did happen and, um it kind of happened several times we ended up uh, doing a wedding together i guess somebody hired them to do a wedding and then they were friends of uh, somebody that knew me and they hired me to do like a guest appearance at their wedding which i thought was weird i'm like why do they want pumpkin head at, at the wedding so i'm getting changed and, and this was actually at the zoo and uh, as I came out my gear, Bernie's sitting there. And then we got to talking, and they drove us into the uh, wedding reception on a golf cart, and we exchanged phone numbers. And we've been personal friends ever since.
0: Oh, heck yeah, man. That was my quarterback yeah. growing up. That when I, when I became a Browns fan, Bernie was the uh, quarterback. Yeah,
2: so it's like my boys are 11 and 12. You know, he's going to be 13 uh, this month, my oldest. And when I was their age, Bernie was the guy. So it's kind of like, yeah. you know. You know, to, to meet my childhood, uh, you know, Idol is cool. And, and and doing my character, it allows me for for me to introduce the current players to my boys. So my boys have met Baker. Hopefully he pans out because that, that'll be a good experience and a good memory for them.
0: Yeah, I, I think Baker will pan out. So your boys got to meet Baker. How, was that experience pretty cool? I'm sure they love yeah. that.
2: Yeah, I mean, they got real shy, but, you know, um, I had Baker jerseys on him. He came right up to him, you know, at the Feed the need event that we were doing. And and it was cool. No,
0: That's awesome. So your Sunday doesn't start at kickoff. You know, you mentioned earlier about the tailgate. I'm sure a a ton goes into tailgating. It's not easy. I'm sure it's not. Um, Tell me about the tailgating experience. I mean, I know it's at the Barley House. I, I have not personally been there, but I promise next time I'm in Cleveland, I'm going. I'm actually going to Cleveland for the Washington football game, but I don't think there's going to be any tailgating or anything like that. So,
2: Yeah, but, unfortunately, uh, they're uh, they're not issuing any permits for the month of September for tailgating. So for right now, it doesn't look like that's going to happen. But for me, uh, the tailgating is more like, uh, you know, a giant, you know, uh, uh, festival. It, it begins on Monday for me with the planning stage is what I want to do that week what we're going to serve uh, – Bringing food trucks, what kind of entertainment I want to provide, this and that. And then, you know, it's just pretty much, you know, putting the pieces together throughout the week, you know, um, getting beer, getting food. Um, you know, like, you know, sometimes if it's a night game, I'll do a light show or I'll, you know, I'll get a play thrower or I'll do something crazy. <laughs> I always awesome. like to off all- my game, you know. So, uh, Saturdays are pretty much ruined for me, if I'm going to be completely honest. It's just an all day packing the trailer. Making sure my costume's ready to go. Making sure the boys, you know, got stuff to do. Making sure I've got my confetti or whatever I, I'm going to need. You know, I do smoke machines. I've got DJs. days. Uh, depending on the weather, i got to prepare, you know, tents. Uh, it's just, it's, it's an all, all day, all week, all, you know, like, I can't even describe how much goes into it.
0: Oh, I can, I, I mean, I can't imagine. Yeah, I, I know it's a lot. It's a lot to prepare for. How many fans are usually gathered at the the pregame party?
2: Yes, we average between 1,800 and 2,000 fans a Sunday at Barley House. Holy moly.
0: Yeah, I'm definitely going to – I don't know how I missed it. Last year I committed – I'm going to a Cleveland game every year, no matter what. And last year I went to the Sunday night games for the Rams. Um, I don't know how I missed it. (laughs) <laughs> my, my bad. <laughs> I'll have to check that out next time I'm I'm in Cleveland. Sure, for sure. Um, definitely. So, all right. So, what are your plans for watching games this year? Anything outside of your living room? Or?
2: Well, we're kind of planning by here. right now, we're kind of thinking to take the trailer and kind of do like a tour of different bars and taverns um, house parties, with the social distancing and stuff. But since I'm a very visible. Um, we'll call it a Target. I got to be careful of what I'm doing. I don't want to get myself in trouble having giant parties or anything like that, you know, since yeah. I am so visible, but we do want to travel around a little bit if we're not allowed to tailgate. We definitely want to, you know, I have a lot of money invested in, in all my equipment, so I don't want to just sitting around on Sundays. So, you know, you'll see it around town in different locations. Well,
0: that's awesome, man. Um, let's get into the browns 2020 season and then we'll wrap it up. I know you're finishing up dinner and 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 everything. I appreciate it once again taking the time. We're we're less than 2 weeks away from kickoff, man. Like 9 days the the chiefs kick off on Monday night uh Thursday night football. So yeah. being that we're so close to season like what what do you expect for this year from the, from our Browns compared to last year I mean hopefully we take a step forward but what are your expectations for this year
2: yeah so my expectations are very high I, 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 I've been doing a lot of interviews this off season, and I refuse to give any predictions just because last year I was like 12-4, and 11-5 you know like I was all aboard and I, you know as everybody else did you know I'm sure our expectations didn't meet what they put it on the field. So with that being said, um, I, I do expect them to improve, but the off season's been horrible. The, you know, the COVID and the Corona stuff has just really set the team back. You know, another new head coach, um, a lack of preseason. It's just a lot to ask for. Um, I, I really don't. I mean, I think 8-8 eight eight would be, you know, very feasible, but, my personal opinion is I think the Browns are going to be better than eight, eight. Um, As you know, they expand, they expanded the playoffs. I think this is the year that the Browns actually host the home playoff game. But the kicker Yeah. Is not going to let the fans go. That, yeah. That that's, that's, so hey,
0: that's awesome, man. Hey, if we make the playoffs, that's, that's a win, man. I mean, the last time we're in the playoffs was um, 18 years ago, something like that. It's, it's long time coming. So. if eight and eight gets us in the playoffs, then that's what it is. So I'm with you on that. Um, You know, as far as the team, it seems like there's a different energy coming out of Berea this year than last year. I think it, you know, energy comes from the top. Kevin Stefanski, he is um, his mantra this year is work, just work. Do your job. You know, and I feel like the team has really grasped onto that. Do you, do you sense that energy as being different this year than last year? I mean, do you see a difference?
2: Yeah, I mean, I definitely see a difference. I can tell that Baker came into camp uh, in shape. He doesn't look overweight. He looks like uh, he's kind of butthurt from last year, if I'm going to put it frankly, you know, where all these expectations uh, that were you know, put on him, he had a great rookie year. Then he kind of went out last year and didn't perform the way he wanted or the way we wanted him to. I think he's getting back to his roots. Um, I think Kevin's the fancy, even before he met Bakerson, he had to work on his footwork. Just like you said, it's just all, all about the work. I think, you know, people have taken a step back on the hype. I think the players have taken a step back on the hype. I mean, everything I've heard, Odell Beckham looks like a, you know, a brand new guy. I think everybody's ready to go. I mean, The thing that has to be nervous, though, is without the lack of preseason and, you know, live reps, you're getting a lot of injuries. So I'm curious how they're going to sustain all the injuries.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you on that for sure. Um, Our first eight games, we play only one team that had a better than 500 record last year. That's the Baltimore Ravens. We play them week one. What, what are your keys to victory going into week one? Because that's only two weeks away, less than two weeks away. What, what, what do you think that we have to do to go win that game?
2: Yeah, I think uh, we go back to the last year of the game that we beat them. You, you control the ball, you keep the ball on the ground, you keep Lamar from, uh, you know, you, you got to dare Lamar to throw it on you. Now, you know, if you give that guy time to scramble or run, he's going to burn you every time. I think if you keep, keep him in the pocket, you keep into uh, strictly air attack and you play good sound defense. I think you can do what we did last year. I mean, we've got that two headed running attack with Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. And, you know, Nick Chubb's one of my favorite players. I think it's very doable to repeat what we did last year as long as he can tame Lamar Jackson.
0: Man, if we can get that first game, I mean, I know it's in Baltimore, there's not going to be if there is fans, minimal fans. So you take the home field advantage out of the equation. We win that game. We're well on our way. But even if we don't win that game, we have some favorable games coming up, you know, with the Bengals and the Washington football team. So who knows what we can do this year? I'm with you. Um, You know, I I think that uh, we'll be better than eight and eight. I'm predicting 10 and six. I respect the fact you don't want to put a record out there. Um, You know, a lot of fans are definitely leaning towards that way. But this was a lot of fun, man. I, I thank you for taking the time with me. Any last words you want to say? How can Browns fans find you on Twitter or any other social media outlet or website?
2: Yes, yeah, so you guys can find me at uh, pumpkinnation.org, and then my social media handles are all the same. It's at pumpkin, or sorry, it's pumpkin nation. So you, I'm pretty big on uh, Twitter and Instagram. So you guys feel free to hit me up. Um, I'm always available, and whenever you want to do an interview or you got any questions, you guys know how to get all of me.
0: That sounds fantastic. And I will see you, sir, in Cleveland in just a few short weeks. Maybe. I mean, I'll, I don't know. I mean, I'll be there, but.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, definitely. You know, if they, they allow tailgating or if not, if, if uh, you guys are out and about, definitely look me up and we'll try to get together.
0: Sounds good. Thanks, man. Have a good right, night, brother. You.